live from New York, it's Ask an Engineer. Hey everybody, and welcome <laughs> to- Engineers. Engineer, uh, welcome everybody to Ask Engineers. Uh, it's me, Lady Ada, with me, special guest, Jeff Epler, also known as The Jepler, uh, a core circuit Python contributor and otherwise uh, good guy. And our first guest of the and year. And our first guest of the year, fully vaccinated. Also, Mr. Lady Ada on camera control um, and looking sad. Very good at it. Don't ask him to smile. That's right. We've got an exciting show for you tonight. One hour of cool coding, engineering, Python, hardware products, and more. It's also Lots Star of Trek Day. It's also so Star Trek Day. So you're just going to have to deal with it. That's good. Uh, anybody have any recommendations for Terry Pratchett books? I haven't read any. Put it in uh, the chat. Uh, just tell yeah, me the one I to read. So. Not this one necessarily. Just give me the one, okay? Yeah. That's all I'm asking. Um, all right, let's kick it off. What's on tonight's show? On tonight's show, the code is TowerLight. 10% off the native store all the way up to 11.59 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Oh, that's nice. Little that's little nice, time. right? Okay. Like Tower Light. Beep, boop, beep, this is, you want this. You need this. Tower Light. Get 10% off the native fruit store for anything in stock, including Tower Light. We'll talk about our Adafruit live series shows, including show and tell. We had some guests and more time travel around the world of makers, hackers, artists, engineers, news, stuff like that. Main New York City factory footage. Jeff, you got to see the factory here live, but people I, get to I see. I did. It was Is yeah. it real? Yeah. It's okay. real. And people get to uh, see some of the videos. We have uh, a neat one that we made this week. Some 3D printing from Noam Pedro. We have Ion MPI. New products. We got some top secret, really neat top secret. We'll answer your questions. We do that over on Discord. Adafruit.it slash Discord, where you can join all 30,000 of us. The 24-7 hackerspace that you can bring anyone to. I think that's the... The tagline. It's true. All that and more on, you guessed it. You're welcome. Ask an engineer. Okay, okay. Lady Ada. So we have the discount code, yes. which is Tower Light. Tower Light. Yeah, but we or also two have. World Ict. Yeah. It's German. Yes. Hmm. We also free have free stuff. Yeah. It's true. When you order from adafruit.com, you get free stuff. Also, order from our distributors, of course, uh, support them. But when you order from us, we can give you free stuff. Like $99 or more, you get a free Perm Proto. Half size breadboard PCB with this beautiful silk screen. 149 or more, you get uh, a STEM IQT board. Uh, one of many options. We've got about 20 different boards we're giving away. You'll get a random one unless you make an account, in which case we'll make sure that you get an arbitrary one that is not one you already have. Uh, 199 or more, you get free UPS ground shipping in the continent of the United States. And 299 or more, you get my favorite circuit board of all times I've ever designed, the Circuit Playground Express. SAMD21 board that works with code.org, CS Discoveries, CircuitPython, Arduino, MicroLisp, uh, MakeCode, uh, I think they're using MicroPython support now. All that stuff with all the sensors and buttons and LEDs and everything already built in. So you don't even have to solder, just plug it in and go. All right, um, we just did some live shows. Actually, I'm gonna put, put you on the spot a little bit. Jepler. Lady Ada has a favorite Adafruit board, which is a Circuit Playground Express. Do you have a board that you like to use a lot? I mean. I think I'm going to pick the Clue because I came on board when we were doing NRF52840 and there's a lot of fun stuff yeah. about that board. It's kind of a rival to yeah. Circuit Playground yeah. because it's got all the sensors. But I like it as a screen and I feel like, you know, everything is a battery and a screen at It's some adorable. Point. That it's like yeah. little, and I love the yeah. little REPL shows up and it's like, hi, I'm alive. I'm a Clue. Yeah, yeah for sure. Yeah. And it's okay. got all the like stuff built in. All Super right. Fun. So we did some live shows. Um, we just got finished up with the show and tell. Go watch it. Um, we had... Adafruit folks. Synthesizers. Sir, Randy Serafan showed off his book. Yeah. Kevin talked about the Hackaday contest. Including yeah, how to get your, double your money. Inter, get double your money. Yeah. Your money. And we had Randy, um, who I've known sort of forever. Just We've known him forever. From being, like I said in the beginning, it was like a maker fixer because 
Instructables is kind of where we all started putting our projects before there was like there was no there was no Adafruit learning system a long time ago. I know it seems like it's it's a utility and it's around forever, but there was a time when it didn't exist. We didn't have it. Yeah. Um, so check Still out Randy's book, uh, No Starch Press, Homemade Robots, and it has all the things, all the junk around your house you can turn into a robot. Yes. And there's the link in Discord. Thank you, Mr. Certainly. Yeah, thank you. Um, on Sundays, we do Desk of Lady Ada. We hung out on Sunday. It was and then, fun. And then right after we hung out, we did this show. What did you show in part one this week, Lady Okay. Um, so I showed how I stem a QTFI board because it was something I had to do anyways. Um, we have been taking... Oh. Uh, <laughs> You're not uh, looped in this one. No, this is cool. You're thinking I, deeply. No, this is good. Good, good work, yeah. me, thinking. Right. Um, you know, we have all these sensor boards that we've designed for like a decade, and now we're putting all of our boards into STEM IQT format, which is uh, quick compatible with SparkFun standard. I'm trying to make everything like the same size, this nice 0.7 inch by 1 inch uh, shape with two connectors on the side for solderless use. Uh, people really um, love that format. Um, but we still have to go through, and there's old sensors that I'm trying to, like, revise into um, this modern format. And, uh, you know, I'm kind of getting, you know, I did some of the popular ones, I did some of the unpopular ones, um, and I did the MPRL, sorry, MPL31158A2, which is an older barometric pressure sensor altimeter, but one that we still sell a couple hundred of a, a month, and so I figured it was a good time to, to kind of refresh it. And uh, it also shows how I use... Um, uh, you get a template file, and then I you know, modify the file uh, with you know, copying parts over from one Eagle file to another. One of the really nice things at Windows is you have two copies of Eagle open. Apparently you can't do that on that. That is something that's different than Windows, because you can have multiple I copies of the same app. I, don't, I, have, I have three copies of Arduino open sometimes, one for each board I'm working on. Like I'll have one with the Uno, one with like the Teensy, one with RP2040, because I'm trying out code in different you know, ones, or like I'm working on a project that has multiple chips. I can't imagine not being able to, to do that. Jeff, you're on Linux, right? Yeah. What are you, what are you running on your laptop? I glanced um, over and I saw that yes, you had something so that doesn't work with your <laughs> with sound, right? Like, um, yeah. <laughs> I, I run Debian. Okay. Um, that's your flavor? I, that's my flavor. They respect freedom a lot. They, they value that. And, um, yeah, I don't know. I do things in Xterm and VI and things like that. I'm the old, well, neckbeard type of computer user. I, well, one thing I still run XEMAX on Windows, and it's like a, a total crime, but I can't oh, help yeah. it. Oh, yeah. XEMAX. Wow. I run XEMAX. I'll tell you why. Because I actually was wondering, like, why Why do I run it? And I was like, I'm going to try add. I'm going to try VS Code. It can open a, like, 40 megabyte file in 0.1 seconds and scroll and search for the entire thing nearly instantaneously. Yeah, it's amazing. It's Which like, is these things have amazing, been by the way, to open up a file. And it doesn't do that weird, like, Adam, like, I'm thinking, I'm thinking, I'm electron. It doesn't do that. Instant open, and I can go immediately to what I need to edit. Instant. Vim's pretty good, too. Hard, hard to, hard, yeah, well, whatever. Uh, but <laughs> hard to argue that. One thing... Um, because you know a lot of folks probably know Jeff from the Circuit Python community, but we have uh, an internal Slack and like we're all doing stuff at Adafruit. Jeff's one of the few people that reads a lot of the same stuff I do in the open source community, and like that's how I know that uh, it was going to be fun to work with. Because I'm like, okay, cool, you're reading all the same stuff. You like open source because like you never know when you start to work with folks. Um, you're, you're you're definitely one of the people that values and cherishes open source and all this. But things. he also recognizes how ridiculous it is, which I think is you have to be able to laugh at yourself in open source a little yeah, bit. Sure. In a nice way. I'm not, not, we're not laughing at you, yeah. but you know, laughing no, yeah. with you. Yeah, I mean, you also have to see that people, different people get different things from different pieces of software, yeah. and yeah. that's that's great. Anyways. All right, so then we're doing the great search that we do as well. Okay. Uh, 
You'll have to remember this one because it's probably not going to loop either. Right. So this one, oh, I remember what this was. So we use the AON7401 P-channel power MOSFET 8DFN format for many of our boards as a P-channel pass-through or polarity tester or like load switch or whatever. And um, it is uh, end of line and uh, we have enough to last us a couple months, but we're going to have to um, find another chip. And so uh, since I had to do it anyways, I thought I'd do it on the great search, how to find a compatible um, MOSFET in the same package, which is like not, you have to be a little sneaky. You have to like know how to use the parameters to make sure you get something as good or better. And I, I, I talked about the couple of the parameters that I think are the most important. Um, of course, your parameters may vary. And how to uh, parameterize and document your schematics so you don't get screwed over later when you have to find a replacement and you're like, what was the parameter that was important? Is it capacitance? Is it RDS on? Is it threshold voltage? Is it VGS max? Document that stuff. So uh, this was a twofer. Great okay. search. Uh, JP's workshop and JP's product pick. Product pick is every Tuesday this week. Uh, JP's product pick of the week. Take it away, JP. Ugh. The prop maker feather wing. The prop maker is plugged into a feather M4. And then I've got a strip of NeoPixels running right there. I'm just using this little speaker here, which is nice and, and compact. I'm powering this by battery right now. I plugged in a switch. I actually used a little mechanical key switch and soldered to one of our little uh, sockets there onto the, the sort of built-in switch output. So when that gets grounded, and that'll turn my laser uh, pointer here on and off. The other thing I'm doing on here is I'm using the tap detection. So every time I tap it, I am playing a sound effect as well as switching my NeoPixel colors to something random. And you can see here it, uh, it responds really quickly. That is the product pick of the week. It is the Prop Maker Feather Wing. And on Thursdays on GP's workshop, we do CircuitPython Parsec. Take it away again, GP. For the CircuitPython Parsec today, what I wanted to talk about is list slices. What are list slices? List slices are a way inside of Python to talk about a subset of a list. And in this case, it's a really convenient way to cast one set of a list to the values of the same list in a different section. I'm doing this to do this neat little rotating NeoPixel thing you can see here. I have a Circuit Playground Blue Fruit, and I'm diffusing it. And what you can see in my code is that I'm bringing in Time, Board, and NeoPixel. I'm also bringing in my Color Helper class from my JP Colors module, Pixels 0, 4, and 7. I'm setting those to Cyan, Magenta, and Amber. Uh, then, in my loop here, I grab that color of the first NeoPixel, that's pixel zero, and I cast that to a variable called first pixel color. Then this is the little list slice section. Pixels zero colon nine is gonna give me the first eight pixels, because it's up to but not including the last number there. And I'm gonna make that equal to one pixel lower. So it essentially grabs the pixel right in front of it and takes its value. So that's what shifts the colors. And then since we have a gap there between the first and the very last, I grab the initial color there, that first pixel color, and I assign that to pixel number nine. You can actually watch 
in my serial view here as the colors just kind of wind their way up and they loop around to the bottom thanks to that first and last line there. Uh, but it's a pretty neat way to, instead of using a for loop or for inside of a range loop, you can, in a very concise bit of code here, move all of these values from a different section of the list to a new section of the list. And so that's how you can use list slices inside of CircuitPython. And that is your CircuitPython Parsec. All right, and then Deep Dive with Scott, that's on Friday. Um, you did a Deep Dive with Scott during the CircuitPython day, right? Uh, no, a couple months no, ago. No, was it the Great Merge? Yeah, Was it the yeah, Great I, Merge? We, you're really putting me on the spot I here am, with that I, one. I forgot. It was, it was just fun, and we hung out online and We heard about it, people. though. Every, like, I tuned in, because usually these happen during our Stay of the Fruit meeting. Um, but folks said that was a really good one. Yeah. Like, Jeff is really good. Um, so this was when we were doing stuff with MicroPython and integrating. Which we're still doing, yeah. and we're going to do again very soon, because they yeah, came they out with a new version. Yeah, they should have 1.7, right? 1.17 or right. something? Right. I think yeah. that's the number. Okay. So this Friday, tune in for Scott's Deep Dive. You never know. Jeff might be there. All right, time travel. Look around the world, makers, hackers, artists, engineers. We're skipping the jobs board this week. Um, I'll, I'll put up the job that uh, we feature, mm -hmm. um, but just a heads up, one just came in, we approved it, it's for Black & Decker. They want people who know like IoT and like wow. all these chips, cool. which makes a ton of sense, right? Yeah, like, that's of course. what you'd expect it to be. Uh, so check it out at jobs.adafruit.com, but we'll, we'll feature it next next week. So today, if you looked at our website, we have a little, uh, the Adafruit flower is now the little Star Trek communicator. It's Star Trek Day, happy Star Trek Day. Happy Star Trek Day. Um, I'm gonna use a little bit of time because uh, from what I understand, you you partake in the Star Trek. Well, I mean, I grew up with reruns of TOS okay. on the TV, and yeah, I always hoped that my ears would turn pointy someday soon, do you, and my true people would come and find me. Do you have, well, the ears- Did you go to good conferences and stuff? Like, no. You found us. I, I did, I don't <laughs> so, know. So do you have a, a favorite series out of, out of all of them? Enterprises account, we all agree on that. Um, I, the one that I rewatched most of most recently was DS9, and, and okay. I feel like a lot of that is much more rewatchable for me personally yeah. than TOS or TNG. And I didn't get into Voyager at the time, yeah. so I really liked Picard. Yeah. Um, I liked how um, they're kind of looking at what does it mean when you become a little bit older, which I'm not old like Picard. And you feel people around you are abandoning the yeah. ideals, and how do you deal with that? Yeah, um, like you. And so those themes. You have you set yeah. the federation up. Here's the values. Keep mm -hmm. going. Keep being good to people. Then you leave. You retire, and you're like, what's what's going on yeah. there? What's going on in the federation? Yeah. So yeah. you know we've got to do something and and get back to our ideals, and yeah. hopefully that's what Picard season two will do a little bit of. We'll yeah. See. Um, yeah. Supposedly Borg. There's gonna be Borgs mm -hmm. in it. And there's a few other things I'm looking forward to. Um, DS9 is one of the ones that, it's not good news. It was no. like one of the grittier, grittier ones. There is a funny Twitter account. It's, uh, it's Gold Ducat, and today he, he said, happy Gold Ducat Day. Because okay. he's, always, he's always making fun <laughs> of like, the, the Federation. Um, was there any um, particular character in DS9 that you, that you liked? I mean, Dax was a great character. Yeah. Odo was a great character. Yeah. Um, yeah, one of them, I can't say. Yeah, um, we have. there's a few of us here at Adafruit, well, there's a lot of us here at Adafruit, who like Star Trek, 
And I think we've all settled on um, Cisco as the best captain, but not not for the reasons you think. Okay, like, what's the reason? So the reason is he actually is like, he didn't do a great job in some of these things. He, he was the most human one. He's like, okay, like I'm going to go and I'm going to blow up stuff. I'm going to get in a fight. I have to protect the Federation. Like yeah. he really, he really, they, they gave him a job and he did it uh, against the Dominion. So I thought that was a pretty big story arc. Yeah. Like, these weren't perfect people. Yeah, um, that's certainly true. Yeah. But but they were people with that core of caring for each other, like we were talking yeah. about earlier, uh, which is super important. Yeah. So, anyways, I thought that um, it was it was good to mention because this is one of the shows that I think a lot of people watch here in our community and everything. Also, Star Trek has such like good moral lessons, and um, I was I was telling this story because uh, I'm going to be reading the uh, book by Anne Sterling, Rod Sterling's mm. daughter, and there was a quote that I saw. And I'm just like, oh, that's that's that 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 hit home. It's like if you want to like really teach people about racism and bigotry, just put it on another planet. And I think Star Trek did that really good. Yeah. And, and we're living we're living through. They didn't uh, always hit a home run. Yeah. But they, they tried a lot. A lot. Okay. Anyways, happy Star Trek Day. Happy Star Trek Day. Oh. Ada box. Um, so uh, we're gonna run out of Ada boxes. Subscribe. We only have a couple dozen more slots. Uh, yeah. It will be the Halloween box, and then we'll have the Christmas box. These tend to sell out. Yeah. Um, we usually have a couple extra slots open in the first quarter box, the one in March. But the last two of the year, because of the way people do gift subscriptions, um, they tend to uh, they tend to have them through the end of the year. So yep. do sign up. Uh, Canada and America are mm-hmm. available. And then um, we're doing a better job of, of whatever we have in Ada Box. A couple months later, it's in the shop. So yep. if you do miss out, you always get it, but you won't get it for the holiday or event. All right. Calls love notes every single... Unless it's a holiday. Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, Friday. In tune in columns notes. Here is one of them from this week. When you need a quick custom-sized board for prototyping, some single-sided perforated board can be cut with scissors, which is nice. But it's surprisingly easy to resize thicker and double-sided boards as well. First, measure and mark the desired size, then score the board with a ruler and utility knife along the perforated holes. It doesn't have to be too deep, just a couple firm passes should do. If you're removing a substantial piece, you can simply press the board against a table at an angle, and the one piece will become two. For thinner strips, you can place the board in a table vise and bend along the seam. Either way, the process is literally a snap. All right, it's Python on Hardware time. Woohoo! That's your favorite. Yeah. It All is. right. First up, big news. We are up to nine thousand subscribers on the Python on Microcontroller's newsletter. Yay! 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 It's um, a lot of people. It's a lot of people, and, and the number keeps going up, which is good. More people are subscribing than right. unsubscribing. You and can unsubscribe. Yes. Yeah. Yes, you can unsubscribe. Oh, you can unsubscribe. Anytime you want. Wow. Just at the it's bottom, a, click on It's unsubscribe. a separate website called adafruitdaily.com. And the reason we did that is we never wanted anyone to accuse us of using their store account for a newsletter account. That's how crazy we are about privacy and, and permissions and all that. So anyone can go there. We don't really market the newsletter. It's like word of mouth and people like, oh, I like Python. I like hardware. Or they're seeing their projects in there. So we're up to 9,000. This week in the newsletter, um, Jeff, some of your stuff is in here. So we're up to the CircuitPython 7 release candidate 1. Yeah. You did the QR code stuff mm-hmm. in it. Got a lot of camera stuff camera in there. Stuff. Camera all stuff. That's new since 6. Okay. Yeah. So um, Bluetooth, low energy, 
Scott's doing a bunch of that. The camera support on ESP32-S2. That's you. What is that all about? What can um, you do with it? So uh, you can record JPEG images to an SD card. You can display images from a camera live on an LCD. You can just decode some QR codes. You, if you can figure out other things to do with Microlab to process the images, you okay. can do image effects. We are going to explore that soon, I think. Yeah. I just haven't done a lot of it myself. Yeah, you're, we're on vacation right now, you're here. Yeah. But when you get I'm back, we, we'll probably uh, get back to it. But it's also not even just ESP32-S2. It's also RP2040. Right. And, and I think you did get SAMD51. 51 does work to an extent. It works with one of the two camera models we've been looking at, but yeah. not the other. Okay. And uh, while uh, Jeff was visiting, we bought, uh, we showed this on Desk of Lady Ada. Yeah. Uh, we bought this camera. And I was going to say buy it, and I'm just like, well, I should just give it to you so you can play around with it here. And it's it's a hardware camera. Mm -hmm. It doesn't have a view screen. It has a four-way switch. It's a circuit board. You can see it. And it has, like, some neat filtering things and stuff yeah, like that. So it's we thought, got, like, four filter modes. I took yeah. it to the Met and took pictures in the Met with it, so that was cool. kind of fun. It was oh, It's a cool. different experience to rewind back to when we didn't have a screen on yeah. our camera, and you don't check everything. Yeah, you don't have a screen. Right it's like, it, And later on when you look at your computer, it's like the film getting developed. Yeah. Um, it was fun. It was fun to have. And so we're getting ideas on what we want to do for a camera. Because you worked on the calculator. Mm -hmm. We have a ruler, and we have a num number pad. We have keyboard stuff. So maybe the next thing. What What are other electronic objects we carry with us, and yeah. why can't we make them ourselves? Yeah. Um, there's a thinking about like a mouse. You know, there's a lot of things that we want to do that Circuit Python can. We power. could do. You know, we did the MagTab. We could do an ink reader. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, well, there's well, Joey's Joey did a lot that, of stuff that in that area. Yeah, yeah. yeah we're, uh, he won the Hackaday contest. We still have to make at least some of those boards. Yeah, we got we got COVIDized. So, All right, <laughs> so that's our RC1 is out. Please, yeah. please, please test it. Um, a lot of stuff happened in 7. It's actually, like, I think our biggest release. Um, so much stuff went in, which is good. We fixed a lot of bugs. We, you know, uh, caught up to MicroPython, all that extra stuff. Um, we updated, like, GCC. We updated board support, yeah. SDKs. A whole lot went in. Um, new MicroPython release. We are continuing on the great merge. In fact, that's what this poster is, you can see. This is the two snakes together. Um, so that's going on. Uh, play MP3s on Raspberry Pi with Pico with Python. You worked on MP3 playback. I worked on some of the code. Ketney did a great guide, yeah. though. So if someone wanted to make a music player with Adafruit hardware and CircuitPython, could they do we, it now? We actually have one in the learning system right. with PyGamer. <laughs> Uh, but now you can do it on RP2040, which we didn't it. think that yeah. you could do. The reason we didn't write this guide before is we thought that um, mm -hmm. we wouldn't have enough processor speed to decode MP3s because it doesn't have a DSP. Right. So we were like, oh, can you really do it without DSP? But um, There are you know, limits. You need a 64K bit per second or lower MP3 file. Yeah, but... But it still sounds... I mean, For audiobooks okay. or like very simple sound effects, it's tenth of the size of a WAV file. Mm -hmm. Um, and a lot of people do have MP3s, and it works quite well. Um, even with PWML, I just think it's super cool. You can just play MP3s. I mean, like, just it's just funny how hard that is to do on a microcontroller usually. And this is like literally two commands in the REPL, and it just it plays instantly. Yeah, super rad. Do I I2S or PWM? I, and I do see a lot of people saying, "I wish I could just play MP3s again," because if you just drag and drop an MP3 on your phone. Or try to. You can anymore. Everything's a streaming service. Right. Everything's a subscription thing. Just trying to get an MP3 from one thing to another. If you have uh, young people and you don't want them going through the YouTube algorithm forever, and you know you want to just like play music, so I think that's a pretty big feature. And I think uh, we have a couple products that I think would make a neat music player. We'll talk about that later. Um, so I wanted to add a little time because this is usually the segment we um, have a standalone uh, video. 
and this is kind of a rare and unique opportunity. So I wanted to ask our engineers here. So you've been yeah. working on CircuitPython for a while. Lady Ada, you've been doing CircuitPython stuff for a while. Jeff, what are some of the things that you would like to see in CircuitPython? We have a few months of the year, but of course, you know, next year, what are some of the stuff you want to have? Yeah, I, I don't necessarily have a good answer to that okay. because you know you need a project idea, and then you go find the project is not feasible, and that's when and then you, you make all the something. Like a camera. Like a camera, yeah, yeah. You couldn't write lines of Python code to interface with a camera. Um, a project I have on my mind, I did a lot of generative text stuff back in the day, and to put that on a standalone display instead of... Oh, that'd um, be cool on a computer monitor would be fun. Yeah. Uh, so I've got some old code I want to take that's Python 2 code and just see if I can bring it onto CircuitPython. And if not, what do we need? Yeah, um, that's cool. So that's something that's I have That's actually on my a lot of, like, I saw like at exit and get past, like some modules that we added were, were be or like, oh, we need bytes for hex, whatever. It's like, yeah, it, somebody's like, I have this code things. I'm porting and it's like, that's not in there. Okay, let's add it. Mm -hmm. All right. Got any other things on your wish That's list? That's all I got off the top of my head. Lady Ada, what do you what do you want to see in CircuitPython coming up soon? Well, we're actually going to um, delete the whole project and start over with Circuit Pearl, where we port Pearl to microcontrollers. <laughs> oh no! No, just kidding. Oh. Uh, I know. I like Pearl Four, um, but I didn't like Pearl Five. So what are you gonna do? Oh, you you started hating Pearl before it was cool to hate Pearl. No, no, I, I hated Pearl exactly when it was cool to hate Pearl, which is Pearl 5, because everyone loved Pearl, that it was like, you could do anything, and then they're like, we're going to do object-oriented, and people are like, what are you, what are you doing? That's not what I wanted. Um, you know, I wanted, I wanted macaroni and cheese. I don't want this, like, yeah. fancy meal. Um, I think, uh, I think uh, CircuitPython 8, uh, we're going to support ESP32-S3, so that's coming up. Chips, chips, chips. In fact, we got... Um, you know, maybe before we leave, we'll go downstairs. I just go, Espresso just sent me the dev board. Oh, yeah? So I'm going to give you one. Oh, boy. Ha -ha, sucker. And then... Uh, <laughs> it's work. It's work. No, but it's, it's fun work. And then, um, you know, we're going to get back to the IMX stuff, which we had to pause because there's a silicon shortage and there's no, there's no IMX chips. And then I want to do a little bit with concurrency. And let's see what we can figure out with async I.O. because we've caught up to MicroPython. We do actually have async I.O. support now. Mm. Um, but I don't know if it works. Nobody does. I'd like to find out. And especially as we're doing more BLE workflow, you know, we might have Wi-Fi over the air workflow. I think having async could be could be useful. I think interrupts maybe, you know, they, they do not mesh with um, CircuitPython at all. But I think um, async could solve a lot of those problems. And if you come from a JavaScript world, you've probably already had to learn async and yeah. kind of internalize that model, which I have not. Yeah, I mean, like, yeah. I mean, as, as the thing is, what I think is interesting about CircuitPython is, is we, all, we have a lot of um, trained computer scientists on the core team, which means that we're all like, we don't want threading. Like, it's kind of like a nightmare to us. Um, which is why we went so far. Like we're all kind of like, eh, we don't want to do this. But I think, I think with eight, I think we're kind of getting to the point where we could really start. We've kind of like touched on it and gotten some ideas, but I think we now have enough processor time to okay. really. So look forward it. to. All right. And if Circuit uh, Pearl isn't your thing, uh, <laughs> Circuit Cobol. Yeah. Yes. There's a whole. There's I a whole list of. Circuit Pearl could be kind of cool. But you know, we right. have regular expressions in CircuitPython, yeah. which is, actually, I think is awesome, by the way. That's yeah, another they're, thing. They're a little limited, but... No, you can do matching and, like, everything. I mean, could, could you have an idea how hard it is to do an Arduino? It's totally mine. Okay. Well, it'll be I cool to look back on this a year from now. Did we do any of those things? Did we get any of those done? That's why this is, uh, it's always good to have guests on the show and talk about stuff. So we'll, we'll, we'll rewind around Circuit next year. Pearl. Circuit yeah. Pearl. Yeah, all right. If anyone can make it happen. Th that's Python on Hardware News. Thanks, everybody.
Okay, we're an open source hardware company. To prove it, we certified yeah. hundreds of boards. Hundreds. And we're currently one of the top certifiers of open source guides. hardware. And we have 2,534 guides. Lady Ada, what are the guides on the big board this week? Okay, Carter updated the Raspberry Pi Zero headless guide to have even more tips and tricks. Uh, as, as people post in our forums with like stuff that isn't working on the Raspberry Pi, we figure out what it is that isn't working. We add it to our troubleshooting guides. So they can other people can learn from our discoveries. Also, have a new guide for our round rack display, the 1.7 inch display that's by Melissa and Katney uh, teamed up uh, to do a starter guide with Arduino and CircuitPython code. And uh, all the way uh, to the left, there is a new guide from Liz, Noah, and Pedro. Um, they are uh, taking a feather sense and turning it with CircuitPython into a wireless mouse. Uh, of course, you can do like keyboards and other stuff too, but um, we thought it'd be kind of interesting maybe for accessibility or like, um, you know, wireless interfacing. Uh, using the sensors built in on the feather sense, the proximity sensor and the accelerometer uh, slash IMU to do uh, motion sensing. Actually, that's something we should do. We should add IMU support to CircuitPython. Oh, yeah. what's, what's missing? Um, you have to do it in C in the background because it has the calculating stuff. It has to no, well, it has to happen on a mm, on a regular okay. basis. So you have to have you do have to have either a separate yeah. core. You have to have like data yeah, I, streaming I, in. I bet the the keyboard background stuff that Dan did would lay some good foundation. Yeah, for that. it's a little bit like that. You have to do it every you know ten milliseconds or so. Yeah, we could do something every ten milliseconds. Yeah, ten milliseconds forever. Okay, that's with the guides. That's right. All right, uh, let's do some factory footage. And it wouldn't be New York City factory footage unless you could see the building across the street. Jeff, you got to see it close I up. I did, yeah. And, you know, I take a little bit of interest in it because my old job was with a company that made software for steel building design. So, Here it is. you know, I can look at it and understand a little about what's going on. This is your yeah. code. It might be, it might not be. But, yeah, let's say that it was. I worked on ATM software that was in the McDonald's down the street for years, and every time I would walk by, the ATM machine was broken, so I didn't feel so good about that. Uh, Anyways. 
better than building collapsing that. Yeah. All right, 3D printing. This week we have a speed up, and it's relevant, especially if you're keeping uh, up to date with the what ifs from Marvel. Yes. Because uh, last week was Doctor Strange. Today is the zombies. Zombies. So let's uh, let's see what last week's what if inspired, inspired. no impatient yes. to do um, for a speed up. And don't forget, 3D Hangouts every single Wednesday at 11 a.m. with no Pedro. Check it out. All right, Lady Ada, before we go over to INMPI, a little reminder. Tower Lights Code. Whoop, whoop, whoop. That's a Tower Lights sound. <laughs> yeah. uh, let's do... Uh, Isn't that what it sounds like? But it's close enough. Let's, uh, let's do some INMPI. Okay. INMPI. Okay, this week's INMPI, brought to you by DigiKey, and Ada Free, thank you, DigiKey, is from OnSemi. Lady Ada, what is the INMPI this week? Yes, uh, this week's also, uh, I want you to note, the new OnSemi logo change was a green circle. Uh, this is our new logo. It's quite nice. They've also now gone all lowercase. So. Do you like this one better? I kind of do. I dig it. I like how they're going all lowercase. How can you argue with that? We had an idea for a game, and it was going to be logos and names of electronic companies, and you have to guess if it's real or not. And I also think... Um, there's probably an opportunity to look at some of the, all the electronic companies are starting to redo their logos. I think everyone is like, we got this budget it's just now. time. It's budget time, we got this thing. So on semi new logo, and what is the product that uh, okay. they're into? Uh, so this week we're doing the uh, eFuse portfolio from on semi. They actually have a couple different products. Um, I think it's the, uh, the NS54XX series. Uh, we'll, we'll show you a screenshot of all the different options because there's quite a few. But e-fuses are kind of neat. I've actually never used an e-fuse like this before. Um, so I actually learned a lot while researching this INMPI. And um, these are kind of cool. So normally when people think about fuses, you picture something like this, uh, glass or ceramic um, cylinder with two metal posts on the end, inside is a wire. Um, these are really great for uh, detecting and stopping overcurrents. Like if you have a short circuit or something got damaged, um, before too much current passes through your electronic device, possibly causing a fire or permanently damaging the device, um, you have this fuse which the wire inside is kind of calibrated so it will burn out after one amp or two amps or whatever current. Um, the fuse burns out and you can see the wire broken, you know to replace it. A lot of people have, um, you have your kitchen appliances, um, your microwave, stereos, they still often have, um, especially older ones, they'll have glass or ceramic fuses like this. Um, you know, we have multimeters, have fuses um, that, you know, have had to replace. So, you know, they're, they're, they're still used. Um, they do a great job. They're extremely reliable. You can buy them anywhere. They're super cheap. And one thing that is kind of good, although it kind of drives users a little nuts, is when it blows, it, it's permanent. It, it blows open and that's it. So you, you're like, the thing doesn't turn on. You have to remember to look at the fuse. Um, if you don't want to have that, if you want to have something that it doesn't 
have to have a physical thing replaced each time. And also these glass fuses, you know, they're kind of large and bulky. Um, a lot of electrical engineers use polyfuses. So these are a conductive, a thin layer of material that as more current goes through it, it heats up, it heats up, and eventually the resistance increases to uh, a point where um, basically no current can flow through because it's like a huge amount of resistance. Um, and then as the resistance drops, um, sorry, as the resistance increases, the current drops, um, the amount of power dissipated drops, and then it slowly, slowly, slowly comes back to room temperature and the resistance drops and it reopens. So it's a kind of the opposite of those glass fuses in that when this trips, it opens the connection, you know, basically disconnects um, the two pins, but it will self-heal, right? It will, it'll sometime later, um, five minutes later work, which is why a lot of people are like, oh, did your USB port stop working, you know, or something in your computer stop working? You know, turn off everything, unplug it, wait five minutes, and turn it back on. That's what that's what usually fixes it. Is you're waiting for you remove whatever the short is. You wait five minutes, it comes back down to temperature. The fuse resets, and you're good to go. Um, you'll see. You know, we actually use basically this fuse in a lot of our stuff. Uh, here's the um, Adafruit Metro, uh, which has a microcontroller board. And you see there, the handy red arrow pointing to the green polyfuse. And this is, you know, basically it's there to protect your computer, your hub, or your power supply when you plug it into USB and then you attach like five servo motors to the five volt pin and you're like trying to draw four amps through your USB port, your computer's unhappy. Um, this just, you know, kind of protects your computer's USB port. Um, the power will go out on the uh, Metro. Uh, five minutes later, of course, it'll come back to life and maybe you'll learn not to connect for servos. Um, and this is the characteristic curve of, of this polyfuse. So you'll see you know, depending on which product, the amount of current that you're passing through, how long it takes for it uh, to trip. And you'll see it, it is dependent on, of course, ambient temperature and how much current. Um, you know, these are not super fast. Uh, they take 10 milliseconds to a second or two um, to trip. Um, there's fast blow, slow blow, you know, you can always get those details. But, um, you know, these are very analog. It's completely dependent on the thermal properties of that uh, uh, poly material in the center. Okay, so the E-fuses, like the NIS5420, uh, and again, there's, there's a bunch of these, um, these are fully electronic fuses, and they perform a lot of the functions of the polyfuses or glass slash ceramic fuses, but they do a lot more. So the thing about glass fuses and those polyfuses is that they're really good for overcurrent protection. So if you're drawing too much current, um, they'll open up and, you know, save your device. But what they don't do is they don't protect against polarity. So if you have the wrong polarity, they don't protect about overvoltage. If you have too high a voltage uh, or too low a voltage, they won't protect you. They don't do slew rate. So, you know, if your current uh, bursts in too fast, um, they don't know how to slow it down. They're, they're very, very simple. They're also really cheap. They're 10 cents. Spend a little bit more in an electronic fuse, and these are, you know, they're analog electronics, but they do a lot more. So you can see inside, they have overvoltage clamping. Um, of course, they do overcurrent protection. Um, they do undervoltage lockout. So if the voltage is too low, it won't kind of half connect, you know, brown out your device. Um, there's also current monitoring. There's um, slew rate setting, and uh, you know, a whole bunch of so they basically do kind of everything. And what's nice is they sort of like work out of the box. They're very simple to use. Um, so here's an example of the block diagram. Um, VCC is power. Uh, source is the, um, you know, what you want to connect your load to. There's a charge pump even for the, the P-channel FET so it can um, turn on, which is nice. It's high switching. 
um, I current limit you can set with an external resistor. DVDT is the um, slew rate, so how fast you want the voltage to rise. You use, set that with a resistor or capacitor. There's thermal shutdown, UV. Basically, there's all this stuff. It kind of does everything. So you don't need, you know, a lot of your protection circuitry is usually made of multiple diodes and maybe zeners and, you know, PFETs and fuses. This kind of does everything at once. Um, so two things I thought were kind of cool. Um, of course, it does everything you expect a fuse to, but I liked the V-clamp. Um, so, you know, it won't, it protects up to, I think, 18 volts, so it's not, you know, forever, forever. But if you have small spikes, like, you know, you have maybe an inductive load um, or something on your system that has some um, inductance to it, so you're getting spikes on the power supply that spike up, uh, this will nicely smooth it out for you by clamping. Of course, if it clamps too much, it will overheat and, and the, the fuse, the e-fuse will blow. It won't be damaged, it'll just like open up the connection. But you, it'll, it'll take care of some, you know, basic overvoltaging. Um, slew rate control, another thing, um, you know, I don't usually use it, but I have seen some situations where people are like, I really want to slowly ramp up the voltage. Um, I don't want to uh, turn on too fast. I want things to sort of slowly come up. Um, especially if you don't want, if you have like multiple power supplies and you want them to come up in order. Um, so this will do slew rate control if you add a passive component to the uh, device. Um, they also come in multiple different sort of versions. Um, so one thing is you'll notice there's a 50-50 split between um, auto retry and sort of like, you know, always off. Um, so you can have a latching. Um, Disable, so basically if it overheats or overcurrents, you have to remove power to reset it. Um, and that's good when, you know, if, if something happened, you know, if there's some overvoltage, overcurrent failure you, or thermal failure, you don't want um, it to kind of cycle on and off. You want it to just turn off and the user has to go and, and perform some action um, to power cycle it. Or there's auto retry, which is more like a polyfuse, right? You, you overheat, you wait, cool down and restart. Um, there's also different uh, under voltage lockouts, V clamps, and whether or not you have a current sensing uh, mirror output so you can um, check the voltage. There's a voltage that is a, uh, it's like a volt per amp, whatever, multiplier of the current. And so you can externally monitor uh, with an ADC um, how much current is being drawn by your system. Um, there's also multiple different voltages. There's three volt, five volt, 12 volt, and I saw even a 24 volt. So, you know, they are hard coded for the voltage, which I think makes sense. You know, you're, you know, these are designed for hard drives or computer cases. So, you know, you want it to be on the 12 volt line. You don't want any risk of a passive component will change what the voltage limit is or the under voltage lockout or, or the style. So there's some things that are controllable, um, but some things that are basically kind of like ROM set in the chip. So check out all the different varieties. A lot of them are in stock, so you'll just pick up whichever one you need. All right. um, uh, available on DigiKey. The one we're featuring today is the, it's the very latest one. It's the uh, NIS5420, which is the 12 volt version in stock. Uh, and pretty cheap for about a buck, you can have a really nice. Almost 3,000 in stock. That's a lot. Which is more than most things. Yeah. Well, I want to make IMP, I want to make sure it's yeah. in stock. But so there, there you go. I think this is cool, so I might make a breakout for one of these chips because they look very handy. All right, we have a, a little video, about a minute or so. Do you want to play that? Yeah, let's play the, right. the video and we'll... Hi, my name is Andrew Niles, and I'm an applications engineer at On Semiconductor. 
Today I'll be covering the comparison of an eFuse to a PTC, as well as a short demonstration of the eFuse features. An eFuse is an integrated circuit with many features, and a PTC is a special type of resistor which has a positive temperature coefficient. Two important eFuse features are that they provide a fast current limit response time and on-off control with their enable pin. In this demo, I will show the eFuse responding to short circuits and providing PWM dimming for an LED circuit. The eFuse shown here today is the NIS5021, a new 12-volt, 12-amp eFuse. First, I'll demonstrate what happens when there is a short circuit. Setting the switch to eFuse mode, we will press the output short button. The short circuit being generated is a chattering short generated by a microcontroller. Due to the fast response of the eFuse, the 12-volt input voltage rail does not go down. It's also important to note the level of current. Right now, the current is 10 amps per division. For comparison, we will also do the short circuit with the PTC. When a short circuit occurs, they heat up and transition from a low resistance state to a high resistance state. Since the PTC must wait for heating, the response time is significantly slower than the eFuse. There is a larger amount of current, which causes the voltage on the power rail to go down. And that's, we, that's uh, this week's Ion MPI. Thanks, everybody. Ion MPI. Okay, Lady Ada, before we go over to new products, Tower Light. Yeah. Tower Light. That's the code. All right, you ready? Yeah. Well, let's do this. Well, first up, um, we have these lights. <laughs> okay. So, yeah, we got, we got a couple of alarm lights. So this one I'm actually going to um, hold up and demo because it's um, really loud annoying, and so I thought that would be really good to do. Oh, yeah? Well, it's not that loud annoying. Okay. But so, okay, so here's how this works. Um, I can't hear anything. Well, that guy, I haven't made it loud and annoying yet. It's just flashy right. and annoying. Okay. Um, so inside uh, here, there's like a, a square piece of, there's, there's four pieces of PCB in a square. And so it kind of looks like it's rotating, but it's just like, it just lights up the LEDs in the order of the square. So it doesn't have any mechanical um, rotating thing, which I think is good because it means it's not going to fail on you. Um, although it doesn't have that cool mirror reflective, you know, cop car sort of alert thing. Um, that said, uh, this has uh, both the rotating LEDs, so you just power it, there's no speed control, and there's a knob, and when you turn the knob up, it um, will start making incredibly annoying sounds. Very annoying. Uh, thank you. That's what New York sounds like when you're trying to sleep at night. It's pretty much, this is like your little New York in a box. You just want, you just want all the annoyance of having yeah. uh, constant sirens. Go ahead. Um, but it's really good, you know, I like the simplicity of this. It's got, you know, three mounting screws on the bottom. They're M4s. It's got the piezo. It's, I like that there's an on-off and volume knob. So if you, you can change however loud you want it. And you just give it 3 to 12 volts, whatever. It has a little regulator inside, um, and it just does its thing. So right. if you want to control this from a microcontroller, you'll need a transistor, um, an N-channel or whatever transistor. Um, to turn this on or off because there's no like control pin. You basically just add or remove power and you're good to go. That said, you know, we see people's projects where they want to have an alert or alarm. Um, this is the only thing I've seen that has this look and is three or five volt compatible. You just, yeah. you can just power it from three or five volts, which is wonderful because most of our tower lights are 12 volts 
This one, very easy to use. All right. Speaking of tower lights. And can be loud and annoying or not. Okay. This is, this is the tower light we were talking about. This is another tower light. So this tower light is interesting because it is a tower light with a USB connector. Um, and usually tower lights come with like 12 volts, you know, power pins basically. And you can like tr literally just turn on the LED elements. This is a little bit more expensive because it's completely plug and play. And there, there is something to be said about this. If you want to do no wiring, no soldering, no microcontroller work, you plug this into USB, shows up as a serial port, and then you just open it up as a COM or serial port with Pi Serial or Minicom or screen or whatever. You send, there's a couple of different bytes, and the bytes will turn on the red, yellow, or green LED, and it also does have an annoying buzzer, although I don't have it set up Everything here. should just be a serial port when you yeah. plug it in. That's well, cool. this is, you know, <laughs> it's nice because it's ready to go. There, there, is, there is something said for people who... They want to have a tower light. They want to be controlled by a computer or a Raspberry Pi or you know some something with a USB port, and they do not want to deal with a 12 volt power yeah. supply. They don't want to deal with P channel FETs. They don't want to deal with. It'd be good to have with a Raspberry Pi. Super easy to connect yeah. with a Raspberry Pi, and and it's a very solid, well built tower light. I really okay. like the construction. Wanna, do you want to show it? I think I can hold it up real okay. fast, and then if I plug it in, it'll beep. So I can just try doing that. You can hold. Fine. Nice it's assistant. Gonna, it's going to be. Maybe hold it in here. It's going to be. Thank you. Yeah. So when you plug it in, it just does that alert beep. That's how you know it works. So that's how you know how okay. loud it is. Yeah. All really right. annoying. Loud enough. Uh, very nice. So um, it also has a, a blinking mode. But um, I, install, I added some Python Pi serial code uh, to show it off. Um, you can just loosen the screw and you can have it like tilt up. You know, does a little tilt and then it has. No, Four mounting holes. Yeah, it's super. Good. I don't know. It's handy. It's it's all in one. Again, it, yeah. no coding required, no microcontroller, no nothing. All right, next up. Okay. If you like the macro pad and you're like, that's a nice OLED. I really like that that OLED has a little plug-in thing. You don't have to solder it. Uh, we have just the OLED available. So can people crack their OLED screens? Maybe they want a replacement. This OLED is an SH1106G128 by 64 monochrome pixel OLED display. And the reason I really like this and why we are, you know, we've used this one is it has a plug-in FPC connector. So this made the AdaBox possible because we didn't have to hand solder four or 5,000 yeah. OLED screens. We just, you know, plug them in, in and pop Pulls them on. So um, you do need to, this is just the OLED. You do need to add circuitry to it. It's controlled by SPI only. It does not have... Uh, I squared T um, available because if it was, I would have used it. Um, check out the macro pad PCB files for the uh, wiring because you do need a bunch of capacitors, a couple of resistors, and you will need to supply it with 9 to 12 volts DC using a little boost converter uh, for the OLED biasing. It does not have a built in booster. Next up. Okay. So now we have a couple of components that are a little bit weird. People are like, why are you, why did you put some lists, uh, sorry, LSM 9DS0s in the store? We haven't used this chip in actually years, but we've, we were doing some cleaning out here and we were like, oh, we found a reel or, you know, not a full reel, but some chips on a reel of this 9DS0. And I was like, oh, you know, normally I would toss these out. You know, it's a couple hundred bucks worth of chips, but like, what am I gonna do with them? Because um, we, don't, we don't make the breakout anymore. But I was like, you know, with the chip shortage, there could be people who really want this chip and they can't get it. Um, so you get one on a piece of cut tape in a bag, uh, ready to go. You know, you can't buy these anymore. So if you happen to need this part, we have this part available. It works right. just fine. Well, supplies last. Yeah. Also, yes, after Next. it's gone, it's gone. Next up. Um, we also have these uh, SMD 
um, navigation switches. They're five-way navigation switches. So it's up, down, left, right, no diagonal, uh, and then uh, button press in. And this is the SMT version. We also have a through-hole version. This is the SMT version. We've used it in multiple bonnets and hats and whatnots. Um, it has a little pointy nubbin that you use your finger with to uh, push it around. Um, it's just a nice way if you want to add a, a user interface, but you don't want it larger than like one button. You don't have to like add five buttons. You just have this. All right, more chips. We also found some TLC 551s. These are um, very nice versions of the NE555 triple nickel 555 timer chip. Uh, what I like about this particular version is one, it's dip, so you can use it in a breadboard, solder it to it easily. Two, it is uh, using a CMOS process, uh, and so you can run it down to one volt, which means you can run it on a AA or AAA battery. You don't need five volts or nine volts or even three volts. Um, so we use this in the draw audio because it'll run off of a single AAA, which I think is super cool um, to have such low voltage electronics. And you can also run it up to two megahertz. Um, it also has, I think, a hundred milliamp sync. I mean, it is really, this is like the Cadillac of 555s. Um, it's a little bit more expensive than the NE555, but it's, like I said, super fancy. Uh, and it is a drop-in pin replaceable for any any 555 um, without having to worry about voltages or TTL levels and all that nonsense. All right. More chips. We also found a bunch of FT232BLs. Um, boy, these are a little old, but, uh, you know, they still work quite well. Um, we used to use these in some of our... Uh, my controller designs and the Zox box used this chip as well. Um, there's people who probably have designs that they're making that use this chip, and we figured, again, normally we would toss them. Um, but since there's people who could use them, why not put them in the shop? We're selling them for less than I paid for them. It's hard to toss chips right now because every day is like, know, what about these I chips? Felt, like, all I the questions in the chat tonight have been like, tell me about the chip shortage. When is it going to end? I, I don't know. But if your chip shortage is for the FT232BL, you You're are okay. in luck. You can pick them up as a 10-pack in the shop and yeah. they come on these are loose they come in a cut tape strip when you order them all right this is not a chip not a chip all right now we're moving on to new new products so this is a um adjustable 24 volt power supply and i really like uh i like these because you don't necessarily need a benchtop supply you just want something with adjustable voltage so you can power a 5 volt thing a 12 volt 9 volt 24 volt thing um instead of just getting one brick for every voltage this one does yeah. them all so let's go overhead and I'll show a little demo. Lock on the focus. Okay, so um, you've got on the end your standard 5.5 outer diameter, 2.1 millimeter inner diameter, DC uh, positive tip polarity plug. And then here you've got this little knob all the way to the bottom. It's 3.3 volts. And then as you dial it up, um, the voltage follows until you get all the way to 24 volts. Um, so that's what you get. It's about one-ish amp out, but you can adjust um, what voltage you want. And I, I love the little display. That's so nice. I, yeah. just, I think these are so cute. We also have a version that does three amps, but only goes up to 12 volts, and that one's quite popular too. So um, pick and choose. If you want more current, get the 12-volt version. If you want uh, the higher voltage, get this 24-volt version. Next up. Okay. Marrying the stars of the show, which is a oh, right. two-parter. These are the two-part stars of the show. Besides Jeff, besides you, Lady Ada, besides okay, our customers, them. besides the staff, besides the community, besides the tower light. This is the star of the show. Do you want to alert? Alert! Star that, of the that, show. That's the star of the show. Alert. Yeah, maybe we should just keep this here for 
ever, and then yeah. whenever we do Star of the Show, we can right. turn this on. Okay, so this is part one of Star of the Show. Okay. This is a, a Zippy ANO rotary encoder, which is like, okay, let's be honest, it's basically a knockoff of the original iPod Classic scroll wheel, like the mechanical scroll wheel, not the capacitive touch one. Um, this is the original, like, luxurious, clicky scroll wheel version, um, which, you know, eventually, I think people, like, they got crumbs in it or something, I don't know, so they stopped making it these capacitive touch now. But yeah. at the time, this was amazing. Uh, so this is a rotary encoder. Um, you go back this to... This way? This way? This yeah, way. so this rotary encoder, um, the center part with the, like, the little mini divots, I think it's like a 24, each divot is a little um, a click. It's a, uh, you can feel the clicky rotary encoderness. It's got you know, your standard two pin rotary encoder output, and then it's got the center button, up, down, left, right. It's actually a little bit like that nav switch we were showing earlier, but this has got a rotary encoder in the center as well. Only thing about it, really annoying. Look at the bottom. The pins are in like totally weirdo locations. It's, um, you know, you can solder wire to them. The pads are quite large. But if you want to make it easier on you, you could grab our breakout board. And when you solder this to the breakout board, it makes it so easy to use because it gives you a line of headers with 0.1 inch spacing. Um, so I just kind of did that work for you, and you see, oh, okay. blah, 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 and you're golden. It's very a pair. Easy. It's a pairing. It's a pairing. Um, so it, it's very luxurious. Um, you can show on the overhead. Yeah. This is the... You want to make your own Nomad MP3 player? This yeah, is how you do basically. It. It's a little... Can, it's a little can make your own I Zune? click it? Why this got so Can I dark. click it? Yeah, why don't you click it? And then I see... Ooh. Yeah. 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 Got a winner there. Yeah. So, um, yeah, so as I rotate it, you can see the LED moving around. And it does make a little tactile click sound. Um, up, center, left, right, down. Uh, comes in classic Adafruit Black. Um, in this case, I'm just plugging it right in and onto a feather. Um, the buttons are, of course, just normally open buttons that, you know, just uh, use them as any GPIO inputs. And the rotary encoder, you'll need to use the rotary encoder support for your microcontroller because it uses the two pins in a, in a kind of a gray code style thingy uh, to know which way they were turned. But it is just a normal rotary encoder beyond that. So um, another nice navigation switch. All right, and that is new products. All right, everyone likes these, by the way, the little wheel. Oh, you know what? I figured out how to change the brightness. Wait, go, go, go back to your brightness. You want to go back? Yeah, I want to. Look how bright it is. It's, it's supposed to do auto brightness. Yeah. Not so bad. It's so, so black. Yeah. It's not so, I mean, it's Comes close. in Adafruit black. It's goth, but... Okay. All right, this is a little better. All right, good. For next week. All right, cool. Finally, All right, well, if um, you were watching you want to buy any of these things, including the tower light, you yeah. can buy it. Um, we're going to answer some questions. Um, you can start loading them up over on Discord. It'll be the only place we're going to do questions. There are a couple that I remember from before. Yeah. Um, oh, look, there's, uh, there's one here. Um, but we're going to do some top secret first. All right, open up the vault. And put your questions in, Wall. From the vault. Okay, so I'm going to show a video, and then we're going to talk about the one of the new products that... I teased on Twitter. I'm like, okay. we're going to show this cool stuff. But here's here's the first one. All right, Lady Ada, what is this? Hey, I'm testing out a new prototype I just put together 
This is a 128 by 128 monochrome OLED display. It's a SH1107. It's a little bit of flickering, but it's not visible to humans. It's just the camera. And uh, I'm testing it out both um, I squared C. So this is with a STEM QT connector. So that's nice, easy to wire up. No uh, soldering or um, you know breadboarding required. I'm also testing it out with um, uh, a Cutie Pie with SPI instead. Um, SPI can be a lot faster, you can see, like really zooms through um, all the demo tests, um, but you need to do a little bit more wiring because you have to wire up all the SPI pins. So two ways to use this display. Um, I kind of like the I squared C, but you know, you need a lot of speed, uh, go with SPI. Coming soon. Okay, and then the other top secret we have, um, this is a still photo, um, and then we're going to show the tester that we just did. So you're working on LCD gloss. Are you going to show these live tonight or are we just going to do the video? No, let's just do the video because we, we okay. got to get to questions. All right. All right, Lady Ada, what is this? Okay, I'm putting my final touches on um, the LED glasses front panel. Um, this is our CircuitPython test code. You're seeing this flicker here because it's kind of writing the ring and the matrix at the same time and I'm, I'm not really doing a proper double buffering yet. But it's just like a good demo of showing all the LEDs. And then this is my tester my tester, which is an Arduino Uno with a little stem IQT connector on the end, so it's really fast. You can even test these uh, before they get depanelized. Let's go. So, turning on all the LEDs, and then there's actually an internal test mode in this chip that I'm going to end up using, but for now it's going to be basically like, do all the LEDs in each color light up? If so, that means the LEDs were placed properly and the multiplexer is working. So, uh, soon to be in the shop, which is cool silk screen. Okay, coming soon to the store, and that is us. this week's Top Secret. Shh, don't ask, it's not out yet. Okay, we're doing questions. Uh, a couple lined up. All right, so first up, uh, question, being an engineer, what kind of things would you look uh, for after an electronic item came into contact with liquid. I had an unfortunate accident with a bottle of sanitizer dripping quite a bit on the electric side of a pie portal. Any tips? How will I deem it safe to continue to use unsupervised any risk? I mean, you can use unsupervised if there's nothing high voltage or high current there. I, I just let it really thoroughly dry off. Um, ironically, I put alcohols totally safe for electronics. It just needs to dry off completely and then it should be okay. okay. Just make sure it's really, you know, even from underneath, so. Give a good dry in. All right. Don't put it in your uh, oven now. Next up, questions for Jeff. Any highlights from your trip to New York City so far? Um, the food. I mean, you can go get any kind of food you want. Um, we went out for Indian-style breakfast this morning, my wife and I. Um, we went to the Met, did a lot of the regular you By the way, stuff. the food, you get total, like, we, you get, you take it for granted instantly. Like, Phil and I are like, uh, do we want, like, Ethiopian, or we want Thai food? It's like, eight Thai restaurants, you know, do we want French yeah. food tonight, or, like, vegan Indian, or... Just sofa tea. Yeah, it's like, oh, we can have diffusion, I don't know. Yeah, maybe it's better at home. If I go out, I go to the Hub Cafe. And I know. I remember when I lived in no Minneapolis, question. and it was just like, well, you get a TGI Friday, so you can go to the... <laughs> Although your lunch options was, was whatever was at the mall. All right, next up. Uh, any thoughts Cafe. on making Rhapsody Scroll Wheel on a breakout and have... I scored C, giving feedback, they'd pay extra. I don't know what Rhapsody is. I'll check that out. I was, okay. was going to make an I scored C, a STEM IQT board for this scroll wheel thing, but I had to start with the breakout first. This actually took longer to get out than expected because of the miscommunications. All right. 
Um, does the mass control by an Arduino mean it doesn't have a microcontroller on board? That's right, it doesn't. It's just an LED. It's basically our LED matrix, but just blown apart. Because um, the idea is that you would use this board with any microcontroller that you want, because some people want Wi-Fi, and some people want to use like an Arduino, whatever. Um, whatever board you want, you use a Cutie Pie, just plug it into STEM QT um, if you like. But the idea is to, to make it flexible um, instead of having it all in one. Okay, the data sheet for the scroll wheel uh, shows 24 uh, D10s, but 12 cycles. cycles. Does Rotary I.O. library handle this half of Yeah, it works fine. It's, it's, all, it's all rotary encoder. It's plus or minus one. It doesn't actually keep track of where it is in the circle when you use a library. Uh, next up, is there, this is one for you, Jeff, is there any way to protect code in CircuitPython where someone cannot copy the code from a commercial product that runs CircuitPython? I was thinking of getting rid of the USB connector and having some test points to program the board one time, not 100% foolproof, but it is something any other ways, thanks. I don't think there's going to be a 100% foolproof way. Um, you know, when you put your code in the hands of somebody, they, they have that code in some form or other. So I, I think probably you need to figure out how to be at peace with that and find other yeah. ways to make your product valuable besides the source code. Then, you know, there are things like the support and having an integrated product that works well. Uh, yeah. Someone suggested you could turn off USB. There's a lot of things you can do, but even even a lockdown commercial product like the iPhone, like eventually these things get popped. So I wouldn't spend a ton of time on it, but like, yeah, not having you can, USB You can port. disable USB to keep people from accidentally damaging it, but you're never going to protect I mean, even the Espresso chips, which have code protection, there's somebody cracked it with a glitching attack. Yeah. So, Super fun. Yeah. Uh, next up. The new Ultimate GPS module is the PA16160, but links to the PA010D guide. I tried following the guide using the PA161, the new one, datasheet for pins. Post in the forums, I think this is okay. a technical support uh, question. Is the guide actually compatible? I couldn't get it to show up as I2C device, plus datasheet says I2C with custom firmware. I, I think post in the forums for this. Okay. Yeah. Any possibility of stocking panel mount YC8 compatible connectors? I don't think there are any? If you know of any, send me a link. I'll take a look. Okay. Uh, what was shown just a couple minutes ago? OLED, backlit buttons, and a rotator knob. Oh, that was our macro pad. It's the macro pad. Yeah, I'll show it for a second. That's it. This is a macro pad. It's cool. It's our macro pad. It is not Ziggy from Quantum Leap, but it looks like it. Yeah, we'll right. Yeah. Okay. okay. Uh, next up. Uh, yes, you can still access the REPL, and you can write some code to dump the main code over here. Yeah. You can uh, disable the REPL, too. There you go. You can disable everything, and then you're really screwed if you can't get in. It's, yeah. it's going to be tough. <laughs> it, you can true. do with, it. With Python 7, you can disable the er, almost every feature of the USB without taking the USB connector off. Yeah. Yeah, you can do it. And then you can take off the bootloader, and then there's no way to get in. I mean, they, it can they be can really still, inconvenient. They can still dump the code, but it's just going to it's going to be a challenge. You'll have to use like yeah. clips or something. If they're that motivated, by the way, they're going to get whatever you do. They're going to get. Like, That's if right. They're, if they're that motivated. Uh, next up, will a feather turn off if attached, if uh, an attached LiPo hits too low voltage or will drain the cell to dangerous levels if you don't disconnect it? Um, all of our batteries have under voltage protection. If you're not using under voltage protection, um, eventually you'll hit the brownout, but I really, really do not recommend using batteries without under voltage protection circuitry on it. Because okay. it, can, it can blow up on you. Do most of the boards that use USB-C just use USB 2.0? Yes, we're only USB 2.0. I don't think we have any boards that have USB 3 support yet. Okay. It's still very new for microcontrollers. It says the RP2040 is USB 1.1. 1. 1. 
Um, yes, could be. No. No. Okay. No. No. It's not. All right. I think we almost got through uh, most of the questions. Okay. So I'm gonna call it. Gonna call it. All right. Well, uh, first up, thank you, Jeff, for coming out. So happy to, to be the here. Show. Thanks for showing and me around. Thank you for hanging out um, in New York City. Also, um, you know, going through all the hoops that we have here in New York. You got your Vax Pass. You got yep. masks. You've been doing all that. So yep. thanks you for. You guided me to get it, get the app. And yeah. That was handy. Thanks for thanks for coming to New York as a tourist and and uh, seeing our cool city. Um, we're recovering. It's yeah. not. It's, it's a fun yeah. place to visit, right? Yeah. That's yeah, I mean, even with, like, you know, a lot of people do come to New York and they want to go to Broadway or they want to see shows, and, and that's sort of starting out. But I like that you're like, there's a lot of stuff to do even now. The museums are open. Yeah. Uh, the parks are open. The restaurants are open. Cafes are open. Yeah, and when we travel, we walk a lot. So yeah. it's, it's a great a, walking city. New York a, City is It the, is a great walking city. I didn't, a great walking city. I really didn't expect that. No, it's, it is the walking city. I think only Tokyo, I think, is more walking. Yeah, we walk everywhere. Even Boston. Yeah. I, like, I used to walk a lot in Boston. Boston is not... It, things... Things are a little far in between. Last sometimes. week, yeah. Wednesday after the show, after I was done stopping some leaks, we walked through the, the peak rain storm, which was a hurricane. A uh, little hard to walk, but it was still walkable. <laughs> but the rain was just going sideways and oh, up. Really. So that was a hard. I'm so happy I missed that. Yeah, good timing on your part. Okay, well, we're going to have Jeff out again, probably Circuit 510 team, as, as like things start to recover yeah. and traveling can happen. We'll see. Hopefully, everyone will collectively look out for one another and make this uh, pandemic go away. It's kind of up to the individuals, which is scary because I yeah. think everyone wants this over, but each one, everybody has a choice on how fast it'll happen. So hopefully, hopefully it'll be faster. Uh, special thanks to uh, Zay behind the scenes here tonight in our chat, special thanks to Jeffler. Special thanks to all the team members here that are helping out with the chat this week. Thanks everybody. Thanks to all of our staff and more. Thanks to y'all for creating this place. Yeah, not too bad, right? It's real. Not too bad. All right, we'll see everybody next week. Here is your moment of Zener. Thanks, everybody. Have Good a night. great week.